Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God, now Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. withers 
the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might and his arm rules for him. His sword is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. The word of the Lord. and everything that is done 
on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of person ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God? Because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire? But in accordance with this promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. The word of the Lord.
gift of sin. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John, clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. Savior of the world, the Messiah, is here 
in our very midst. It helps to know that at this time, the ancient world, there is a Hellenistic culture, a Greek culture, that has pretty much influenced a great deal of the life in Palestine, the life that Jesus and John knew. And this helps us give us a cultural context so that when we hear the term gospel, good news, it also infers good news coming from the battlefield. In other words, Mark's idea of good news is more than just soft, warm fuzzies you would see in a greeting card. It's much deeper and much more substantive. It is acknowledging that we all come from a place of struggle. And in this place of struggle, this is where we yearn for the good news that will give us hope, hope of the promise of a new life. Life was violent, unjust, and difficult in Jesus' time, and it is so today. And because of the reality of this broken world we live in, we are still desperate for good news as we deal with life's struggles, now more than ever. Years ago, an Episcopal priest began a new ministry. She almost didn't get ordained. She shared with the powers that be in the Diocese of Massachusetts what she wanted to do, and they thought it was pretty far out there. She went ahead and got ordained. In fact, she was honored at Berkeley Divinity School just a few years ago because of this incredible ministry. And it was simple. She wanted to go out and feed the hungry and the homeless in Boston. That's it. What a radical idea. She didn't have a parish. She didn't have a settled congregation. She had no building. What she did have was a vision and a passion to share the good news. And so each day, she would go out in Boston Common, and if you've been there, it's a huge place. And she would have her volunteers go with her, and they would take a table, and they would set up a temporary altar, and they would do the Eucharist. She would celebrate right there in the middle of Boston Common. And afterwards, she would hand out uh, sack lunches to those who came. And she, before she began the service, at the top of her voice, she would yell out, Come hear the good news! I have good news to share! On and on, people would come, hearing her, proclaim this. Well, there's this wonderful story of this one man. He was there in Boston Commons one day. He had been homeless quite a lengthy bit of time. And he heard this voice, this woman's voice off in the distance. Come, hear the good news. I have good news to share. And he said life had really been tough for him a long time. And he hadn't had any good news for a very long time. And he said, I went and I went over there. Because I needed it. I needed some good news. Well, as time went on, he went there. He got involved. And he himself became a volunteer, calling out, Come, hear the good news. I have good news to share. This is how God breaks into our lives. Finding us in our places of struggle, whatever that battlefield may be for us. God seeks us out in our own wilderness of our lives to reveal this promise of new life, forgiveness of sins, 
maybe recovery from addiction, second, third, fourth chances, restored relationships, mended hearts, and new beginnings. Often we experience this holy encounter through the presence of people who come into our lives sometimes so unexpectedly, like that homeless man in Boston Commons who responded to the priest's invitation. That was his holy encounter with her and her volunteers, where the sacred was made possible in that space between them. And in that space was the sacred, the holy, where all things are possible. We are witness to this holy encounter as Jesus goes out to John to meet him in the desert, in the wilderness. And this is such a perfect setting for Advent. The austerity and the bleakness of the desert is the perfect image of where we are right now in this season of Advent. It captures the isolation, the loneliness we often experience when we are struggling with something, whatever it may be. Ironically, it is in the struggle in the wilderness that we are most open to the Spirit breaking into our lives. We see this with John. He has spent his entire adult life preparing himself and others for this very moment when we would encounter the Savior, the Messiah, his cousin Jesus. Most likely, what we know about John is he is a member of the Essenes. It was a small monastic Jewish community that lived a rather ascetic, bare, austere life in the wilderness outside the crowding, noisy city of Jerusalem. John had quite a reputation, even though he was ascetic himself. He was a gifted preacher, a zealous prophet, and this reputation preceded him. And we see that with all the crowds from Jerusalem, the surrounding villages have come out in the wilderness to see what this good news he keeps talking about is. We even see, if you read further on, the Pharisees are a little skeptical, but even there they are curious as they stand a distance away to see what this talk of baptism, of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, what in the world is all of that about? This booming voice, John quotes from the prophet Isaiah. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. In his telling of this prophetic message of the coming of the Messiah, it is fulfilled at this point. As Jesus walks towards John and wades into the shallow waters of the River Jordan to be baptized. John, this bigger-in-life, burly character, acknowledges with the greatest humility that someone greater than he is coming, God's own Son. Now, you would expect Jesus to do the baptizing, but no, John baptizes Jesus. This is necessary to reveal both the humanity and the divinity of Jesus. From this time forward, John will decrease as Jesus increases, sharing the good news. This space between Jesus and John, this 
incredible encounter in the wilderness is where God is imminently present. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit. This sacred encounter is where all things are possible as we turn toward God and turn away from all those things that take us from God, which is the real meaning of repentance, to turn around. It's the same for you and the same for me. And sometimes to experience this holy encounter, this sacred space of possibility and promise, this means showing up. Frederick Buechner, minister and spiritual writer and poet, tells the incredible story years ago when he experienced something in his own struggle in the wilderness. One of his children was quite ill. She was gravely ill, and he was very anxious, obviously, and worried sick. He was really struggling. One of his acquaintances, a fellow preacher, pastor, heard this, and he decided he was going to come see William. Now, this fellow pastor lived way in the deep south. But one day he decided, I'm going to go see Frederick. So he gets in his car, drives all day, all night, up until the mountains of Vermont, where Frederick Bigner lives. He didn't call ahead. He didn't make sure he was even going to be there. He just could have felt compelled to go to be with him. So he drives all this way. He shows up on the front door of Bigner's house. Unannounced, knocks on the door. Beekner opens the door. He's shocked. There's his friend. He had no idea he was coming. And so Beekner talks about the next few days, how they spent together. And his friend said, I just showed up because I thought maybe I could help. That's all he said. He said they took long walks together in the forest. They spent time together, sharing meals together. And then a few days later, the friend said, it's time for me to go home. And he returned home. Looking back on this time, Buechner said what was so amazing. He said there were no incredible conversations, no words, no pearls of wisdom, no advice. He said, in fact, we really said very little to one another. He said what was so powerful and healing for me was that he came to be with me in my time they had created this encounter, this sacred space, because his friend was willing to show up. And within this sacred space, God showed up, the eminence of God, giving Beekner the peace he needed to be able to wait in an uneasy time while he was in the wilderness. Doesn't mean his daughter was cured any faster, none of that. It was simply being present and allow that space of holiness to take place. The space between old friends is infused with God's presence and hope. And it dispels all that separates us from God. And that's what God wants for each and every one of us. This is Advent. It's a time when we wait in the wilderness with all our struggles, whatever that may be. And we can do this because we have hope, and we do it together. Hope in the promise of the Holy One who is to come. Amen.
indwelling God. You have baptized your church with the Holy Spirit. Inspire us to lead lives of holiness and godliness as we prepare for new heavens and a new earth. That as Christ comes, he finds us to be a people of peace and justice. We pray for Michael, our presiding bishop, Ian and Laura, our bishops, our parish clergy, and all who serve God in the church. May we listen to what the Lord God is saying. The Lord speaks peace to his people. Holy and mighty one, open the ears and eyes of the leaders of all the nations that they may listen to what the Lord God is saying. For you are speaking peace to your faithful people and to those who turn their hearts to you. Pray for Donald the President, Donald the Governor, and all who are privileged with power. May we listen to what the Lord God is saying. Compassionate one. Look upon the needs of all humanity. Feed your flock like a shepherd. Gather the lambs into your arms and carry them in your bosom, gently leading the mother sheep, that all may know the comfort of your strength. We pray especially for those on our parish prayer list and those whom we name now. May we listen to what the Lord God is saying. Ever-present God, lift up your voice with power to herald good tidings to the people of this community, to cast out all fear as we listen for the happy cry of your coming salvation. May we listen to what the Lord God is saying. The Lord who speaks peace to his faithful people. Glorious one, come with might in your divine recompense to reveal your glory to all who look to you in hope. Accept our glad tidings for those who offer you their gracious thanksgivings and bring into your everlasting reign those who have died. May we listen to what the Lord is saying. For he speaks peace to his faithful people. Look upon your creation and comfort your people, O Holy One. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. Let the uneven ground be level and the rough places plain 
that all people may see the revelation of the glory of God in the power of the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ our Savior. Good morning. Please be seated. Welcome to St. John's. If you are new or haven't been here in a while, please feel free to fill out a pew card hanging in front of you and put it in the offering plate, and I'd be more than happy to get in touch with you. Also, if you've seen someone you haven't met or haven't known for a while or seen in a while, please introduce yourself. It's so, it makes such a difference to have a friendly face greet you in church. Thank you for being here. This is our first snowstorm, and uh, I know sometimes it's not easy. Um, to be able to uh, navigate the back roads, but thank you, and also, please be safe. Big deal today is Lessons and Carol. It's one of the gems of our Indian tradition, and we do it so well here. So if you can, please invite a friend and come back at 3 o'clock for this wonderful way to celebrate Advent, really get in the spirit as we sit and wait for the coming of the Christ child. Right now, I would like to invite uh, Annabelle to come forward for a short uh, message, and then we're going to have Eleanor and Stuart, of our co-chairs of our stewardship team, come in and say a message. Good morning. I'm here to ask you to try to do one more thing this week. Oh no, I can hear you thinking. It's such a busy time, I've no time to spare. I haven't got enough time for the things I do need to do. I'm really busy too, but I took 30 minutes out of my week on Tuesday to attend Stop, Rest, and Pray, the first of three Advent meditation services here. 
I'm glad I did. In short, it was wonderful. I'd heard about past year's Advent services and never attended, so I thought I would try this year. The service makes no demands on you other than to stop and connect with what is sacred. Prayers and chants and readings are accompanied by music that is beautiful in its simplicity. There is time to pause and reflect. All of this is conducted by soft candlelight inside this warm building. It is nurturing, comforting, and interesting. I was so glad I stopped for 30 minutes. Please try something new this Tuesday or next Tuesday, the 19th at 6 p.m. Um, 
So that's the appeal this morning as we get to the last stages of 2017 and 2018. But no matter what, in terms of the appeal, we, on behalf of the entire um, committee, on behalf of Eleanor, my co-chair, we're deeply grateful for all that's happened thus far. We feel very good about what we've done. We feel very good about the responses from the parish. We just have a little bit more to do. So thank you very much. Also a big thank you to Stuart and Eleanor, to Merchant Eleanor Barnes. They are outstanding co-chairs, and it's been a delight to work and serve alongside them. So thank you for that. If you would like a blessing for yourself or for someone else, please feel free to come to the font during communion, and a healing minister will be there to greet you and do that for you. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, whatever that struggle may be, whatever that battlefield may be for you, know that you're welcome to come forward to take the body and blood of Christ, the source of hope for us during this Advent season. So walk in love as Christ loved us, gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because you sent your beloved Son to redeem us from sin and death and to make us heirs in him of everlasting life, that when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may without shame or fear rejoice to behold his appearing. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and God Remembrance 
me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember your death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country, where with all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church and the author of our salvation. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy
Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.